I don't know. A lot happened last week. Maybe it was only one big thing. <laughs> there, there was. Yeah, this this one didn't seem uh, so so dramatic as last week. I mean, how how could it? I kind of liked. I kind of liked it. I kind of I kind of like taking a breather a little bit and getting uh, seeing some of the other stories advancing. And you know, it was so focused last week on the uh, the the horrible death of. Uh, Joffrey, you know, we we picked it, it picked up right uh right afterward though. I think that's uh I think that was kind of interesting with with Cersei still furious and demanding that uh that uh, Tyrion be taken away, and uh, of course Sansa being um, spirited out of the city by poor stupid fool. Sansa barely got out of there. This plan must have been relying on split second timing because. If I were in charge of getting her out of there, I would try to would have tried to pull her out before Tywin starts yelling about closing all the doors to the city. But we saw Dantos and Sansa running through the hallway hallways aisles of the not aisles either streets. Let's call them streets. Running through the streets of King's Landing while the doors are supposed to be being shut. Yeah, although I I don't know I I figured he kind of had a he has a back door or something like he's got a he he's going because he's not going out the front gates of the city he's going down to a boat that's you know on the water somewhere um and then and then off through the mist through the sudden appearance of fog (laughs) you do you think little finger arranged for the fog i do just so he'd have a cool death ship i think that was part of his plan was to to have well, you know, it's probably like San Francisco. There's probably always fog, <laughs> like a mile off the coast, probably all the time that time of year, right? So sure. He can be there in his pirate ship in the fog, waiting to appear. And um, is so is the implication that that uh, Littlefinger is behind the whole uh, assassination plot? Do you think? Uh, he certainly implied that to Sansa. Yeah. Like she asked, "Why did you kill him?" And he just said, "Because he was a drunk, and I don't trust him." Yeah. Which yeah, he wants to. I want him to be silent about. It. I mean, I guess it could be that uh, silent about getting Sansa out. But yeah, there's a bigger plot in place, right? That he's um, that was pretty cold. Although exactly what we expect from Little Littlefinger. That how much did I did you? Ex- uh, how much am I supposed to pay you? Okay, uh, shoot him with the arrows then. <laughs> um, it was good to see Littlefinger though. Um, he, he being as evil as ever. That's you know. It's all is right with the world when Littlefinger is being evil. Yeah, I've been missing him. We've had multiple scenes in a brothel and yet still no Littlefinger. That seems like a uh, missed opportunity to me. Well, they mention him, I think, whenever we're in a brothel, even when he's not there. <laughs> I think they like he comes up in conversation because, I mean, really. Part of the contract. It is what he is. He is synonymous with brothels that they go together. It seems weird to me that the Martells have to have all their orgies in brothels. Yeah, I mean they're they're happening people. They're a, they're a royal family of yeah. uh, of Dorne. Did they they could do that anywhere? Maybe maybe the classy joints in the town are like um are like Tywin Lannister, and they're like none uh, 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 none of that stuff here. Maybe maybe they're more prudish, and or, or maybe they just love their reputation as libertines, and they and they uh the the brothel is like where they want to be. It's their people. I mean, all I'm saying is they they seem attractive. They've got an exotic glamour to the people of King's Landing. And uh, 
I'm kind of burnt out at being outraged at the idea of a brother and sister having sex on this show. The Lannisters have already broken that, and right. uh, Theon almost did when he was feeling up his sister on that horse. Right, right. Oh, that was a crazy act of mistaken identity, though. But you're right. You're right. Well, I guess it's, I mean, the, the, it's still the two whores and the pimp slash host that they're having sex with. So they're sort of like, you know, they work at the brothel. So why not, if they're renting them out, why not just, that's like their place of business, right? Yeah. I, I, oh. I you know, to talk about, you talk about siblings, though, um, I think having sex in the sept right below the dead body of your child does crank things up a notch. Yeah, I was getting on Jamie's side and then he kind of raped his sister next to their dead son? In the middle of the church. That seems like a lot of wrong things to be doing all at the same time. (laughs) It, it, It... Felt to me, I mean, my wife said to me, just when you're liking Jamie Lannister, right? It's yeah. like they needed to remind us that, you know, he is that guy who pushed Bran out the window in episode one of the show. Because, uh, yeah, he is, uh, the, the, yeah, yeah, that that was unpleasant. And and again, you know, beyond the incest, now we've got the dead body of their son in the uh, in the middle of the sept. And that happened to Cersei right after Tywin basically took Tommen away from her, mm-hmm. leading the boy away, telling him that the most important thing a king needs is wisdom, which in this case means doing what you're told yes. by your advisors. Yep. Yep. That's wise. Wise to do what we say. I I don't know. I, I, I you got to love Tywin Lannister. He's so cold blooded i mean he's just you know standing next to joffrey's freshly dead body saying he was a bad king you're not going to be a bad king are you if you if you're a bad king toman you might end up like your brother you're not going to do that are you <laughs> uh, but i i, I love i mean how, how that guy i mean he is immediately he's like oh well this is a great opportunity for us because joffrey was a monster and now toman is totally pliable and you know i i had that moment of like Jeez, you know, I would say Tywin Lannister's practically a suspect, because this is way better than Joffrey to have Toman in charge. Absolutely. I mean, Joffrey would not listen. To anyone. Yeah, and this new kid, well, although he's been a character since the beginning of the series, he might have had more lines today than in every other episode combined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kept, a little like Rickon. I kept trying to point him out, his existence out, to my wife while we were watching, only because I knew he would become important later. <laughs> yeah. Be like, look, it's Toman. He's a little brother. He's still around, <laughs> right? And now here he is. Yeah. Um, you know, just to be in time to be the new king. And when Tywin was done with that and giving Tommen the uh, facts of life off screen, thank God, <laughs> <laughs> he went over to Oberyn. And appeared to just offer up the mountain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, being this guy, this guy's got a new plan that he's putting in place immediately upon the death of Joffrey, and and it is. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll trade you the mountain because you're really bent out of shape about the mountain killing your sister. Well, okay, I can hand him to you if you will ally with us because we need we need you, and that's you know said in his own way, and 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 Oberyn is like, oh, you, so the Lannisters need us now. And, you know, Tywin won't 
admit to it. It's like, you know, we need each other or whatever. He, he's too proud. But very clearly, he is willing to pay with, the you know, uh, you know, getting him on the small council and all of that and handing him over the mountain because he's got some concerns. Actually, one of the funny things is Tywin Lannister is one of the only people in this show who seems to really see the big picture. And uh, yeah, he's he is awful and does awful things, but he also is aware that the Wildings are at the wall, if not the the uh, White Walkers. The Wildings are at the wall, and he's aware that Daenerys is building an army and has three dragons, and yes. he knows it's going to come down on them eventually and that this war of five kings was one thing but there is a bunch of other bad stuff going on and he's already playing that game which is really impressive because nobody else seems to be paying attention to that except like the you know the 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 brothers at the wall who have seen the white walkers but other than them it's just like not on anyone else's radar but tywin lannister is already planning for it but even the brothers on the wall they only have their wall thing to deal with. Right. They've been ignoring the Battle of the Kings. Right. It's not the big picture. It's just that they know about the White Walkers and, and yeah. the Wildings and stuff. They're not standing around saying, I heard there were dragons out east. <laughs> yeah. No, no. But but Ty, Tywin's got it. He knows what's going on. And so he's his move with Dorne is like trying to shore up um, the their support for the the bigger the bigger battles to come, which is really interesting since we've been we've been introduced to Oberyn and know how much he despises the Lannisters, and so that was well, that was fascinating. He says he despises the Lannisters. He hasn't done much revenging so far. Maybe it <laughs> takes him a few days of whoring to you know get his strength back after travel, but. He seems like a bide your time kind of guy. Like he's going to wait for his moment, and he may still be biding his time. But I thought that was I thought that was an interesting scene. Um, also, we got what what other interesting scenes? We got a uh, a scene with uh, Marjorie and uh, and her grandmother aunt. I can't even remember Diana Rigg, Elena uh, Tyrell, the uh, Queen of Thorns. Yes, and, and, and talking about explaining that uh, that uh, watching Joffrey die right in front of you is not as bad as being married yeah. to him. <laughs> and like Tywin, Olena absorbs what has happened and immediately starts saying, well, what happens next? Yes. How do we use this to our advantage? She's not as concerned with big picture things as Tywin, but she's very concerned with what Marjorie does next. And the health, of, not- the health of their house. I mean, uh, Tywin yeah. is thinking of the whole kingdom, and she's focused on the Tyrells and making sure the Tyrells stay relevant. But that's her picture immediately. She's so pragmatic about it. She's like, all right, this is what we're going to do now. The Lannisters still need us. And I'm sure it was awful watching that horrible little boy die in your arms, but you did not want to be married to him. No, he's very bad. She's right. They only think he tortures animals. They don't know about the prostitutes he was shooting his crossbow into. Right. Right. But either way, everybody knows he's a bad, 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 bad kid. Yeah. It's better off for everyone that he's dead. Um, the, uh, I really liked this, the scene with Tyrion and, and Podrick where Tyrion's sort of, uh, this is goodbye, you know, go bring my brother and you need to get out of here because they're going to, yeah, Tyrion, you're, you're loyal, but you got to get out of here now because you turn them down and they're going to get you. Tyrion knows the fix is in. Yeah, he's, he's under no, no illusions that this is going to be a fair trial where he'll <laughs> be given a hearty handshake. Well, when your loyal squire says they offered to make me a sir in order to testify against you. Yeah. Boy, if you needed any other evidence that the fix is in, there it is. And, 
And of course, Cersei is already demanding that Tyrion be murdered in his cell so he doesn't even get to the trial. Right. Which might be a good idea because he survived one trial in um, the Aerie. Yes. The time he met Bronn. But how many Bronns can you re- reasonably expect to meet in the course of a lifetime? That's true. I mean, he, he then again, you could argue he's shifty. He gets out of these situations. So, so uh, you know, you want to be certain. Um, it is interesting that Cersei tries to turn Jamie against him, and Jamie is resistant to that, right? He's like, he's my brother. Well, this was your son. But, you know, Jamie seems much more sensible and not caught up. Like, Cersei seems to believe that Tyrion killed her son. Um, yeah. Everybody else seems to know the fix is in. And then Jamie is skeptical and doesn't believe that his brother did it, which puts him in a, actually kind of in opposition to th- his father and his father's, fa- you know, machinations because Jamie. Uh, just doesn't believe I think his brother has it in him, or at least is skeptical. Well, it's also that aside from Cersei, nobody's really that bent out of shape about Joffrey dying. <laughs> oh, that's for that's clearly the case. Like even if Jamie thought Tyrion did it, yeah, <laughs> it kind of needed to be done. Yeah, and somebody was going to do it pretty soon anyway. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's an interesting thing to a, a dynamic to watch inside the Lannisters, um, and what happens when Jamie goes and and sees uh, and sees Tyrion as Tyrion has requested. Um, Castle Black, we got we got uh, Sam and Gilly, right. whose name keeps reminding me of Saturday Night Live, which is probably not what they're going for. Probably not. Sam took Gilly down to a whorehouse. To a whorehouse, yes. You'll be safer here at the whorehouse with a horse. That really don't seem to like you at all. No, and it's filthy, and she doesn't want to be there. And But Sam is really worried about her being raped by the brothers, since there's the scene where they're going off ticking all of the, you know, thief, rapist, rapist, or raper, uh, they say. Raper, yes, thief, that's how raper, you know it's a fantasy Thief and raper, 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 uh, so, ninth son... Raper. <laughs> so she'll be safer here at the whorehouse, which is where all the rapers go to have <laughs> sex with people. Right. But they pay. And she's not going to be available, so maybe it'll be fine. Oh, so, I'm sure she'll have a happy, happy life. Well, that's the kind of series this is, that's, right? Yeah, that's Sam. He's also really streetwise. He knows what's going on. <laughs> he, knows, he knows what the score is. He, he's, got it, he's got it wired. Uh, and then uh, Jon Snow springs out the fact that they uh, he told he told Mance that there were a thousand uh, brothers at Castle Black when it's actually more like a hundred. And the guys escape from who killed uh, they escape from the guys who killed Craster. And uh, Jon says we got to go back and kill those guys because Mance Raider's going to get them and uh, and tell them that we and that uh, really kind of feels vulnerable. Like... That feels like time filler to me. It does. Like, do we need another journey north of the wall to kill some people on a mission? It does. It does seem like we already been over the wall a bunch of times. Yeah. Like, there's a force south of the wall killing and eating people, and they're going to be attacking Castle Black, which is where everybody is holed up. I feel like we could just get to some kind of siege or war scene, right? Without dragging our asses all the way back up, without going all the way back up to Craster. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I I side at that. Like, uh, really, are we going to have a whole mission where we send more guys out and there's a you know battle and maybe they see some White Walkers or something and then they come back and it it does it it uh, yeah I feel like we've seen that 
a few times now. Yeah. Do we need to go out there again? And speaking of seeing things that we've seen a few times already, Daenerys is outside a city, and she's saying that I'll free all your slaves so the slaves should fight for me. Well, she's got a shtick, and it's worked so far, so I guess she just keeps doing it. I'm not saying she shouldn't be doing it. I'm saying that I've kind of seen it. Yeah. Like, she's even saying how many times she's done this exact thing. Surely you've heard of the times that I've had slaves revolt against their masters. Well, here Uh I am. Hey, slaves, I'm talking to you now. (laughs) Revolt against your masters. Thank you. All the slaves are free. You can see them standing in perfect lines and columns behind me, doing exactly what I say. (laughs) Yeah. Hooray for me! Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yes, because when I rule you, you'll feel good about it. You won't be slaves, you'll just be subjects. And it's way better. I also have to wonder, is it really worth dragging around 10 Siege Engine catapults just for the effect of throwing broken collars over a wall? It's like dropping um, dropping leaflets right behind the enemy line saying, surrender now. I guess there aren't a lot of giant rocks in the middle of the desert. But that's a long way to carry those chains, right? Just for... for propaganda purposes it's nice nice uh nice idea though i really liked how dario um the uh or as my as my wife uh differentiated between the various people who could possibly have been daenerys's champion she said uh <laughs> looks like it's gonna have to be handsome guy because <laughs> there's old guy older guy there's uh the gray Wait. worm and then there's mr handsome it seemed pretty clear that she wanted Dario to do it all along. Sure, sure. She was disqualifying. She's like, no, no. I know you think uh, that that that, that uh, you can do it, but you you can't do it. I know. Oh no, I know you think you can do it. But no, no, you can't do it. I think. Oh yeah, Dario. Yeah, you could do it. All right, give it a give it a try. Although I enjoyed that scene because it is all that build up, and and he's like, I can, I can, I can handle this. I enjoyed it. It paid off well. I would have enjoyed it a lot. If he had failed and just gotten a lance through the face. <laughs> that would have been an amazing swerve. But uh, then that, he would The cocky, so guy goes out, cocky guy goes out with a knife, says, I can handle this. Horses are dumb. Oh, God, my face. Well, and so the other cocky guy, Mr. Champion, like I'm riding around with my horse, like I'm taking a victory lap. He got it instead. Yeah. But uh, it was kind of funny in the abruptness of it. Yeah, like... Uh, like uh, Indiana Jones shooting the sword guy in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? It's sort of like, every this is going to be a great duel. And he's like, no, I'm going to pretty much shoot the horse and then chop the guy's head off and then we'll yeah. be done. It was, it was amusing, at least. We haven't uh, mentioned we- the, the further, uh, further roaming countryside adventures of the Hound and Arya. They are a great comedy team. <laughs> they really are. This, in this episode, they play father and daughter. <laughs> <laughs> they got some rabbit stew and then whopped a guy over the head and took his money. <laughs> took his money. I, I, I really liked, I mean, you feel so sad for the guy because he's like, I need protection. Can you stay? I can pay you in silver. We're going to, you know, I, I really need somebody because the lands are unstable. They tell them that they're with the Tullys, which is Arya's mother's house. And he compla- complains all about the frays and how awful they are. And this is all true. And Arya is trying very hard to have the Hound be polite, which he is not. <laughs> yes, I loved her snapping, Father, <laughs> when he interrupted the prayer, which, to be fair, the prayer was going on kind of long, which is what happens when you have seven gods. Seven gods, exactly. It's, it's, uh, it's boring. 
And so he, he interrupts at the, uh, a couple of times. Um, and then, you know, again, for the, for the hound, he doesn't care that anybody's nice. He just, he is a pure, just sort of like law of the jungle kind of guy. He's like, these people are weak. They have money. I'm going to take their money and we're going to leave. And he just doesn't, he just doesn't care. It, this is just how the world is, where Arya is offended by it because they seem nice. They ask for help, you know. And and his point is, look, they're dead anyway. They they're they're looking for me to protect them because they can't protect themselves. And when they're dead, their silver's not going to matter. So I'm just going to take it now. Well, if Arya is ever going to get to her dream job of roaming the countryside, murdering people, yes. she's going to have to toughen up a little bit. I agree. I think I think she's getting a good lesson here. Although I think she wants the more sort of you know, removed aspect of being a stealthy assassin who's given an order and she just goes and commits it. And I think she's dreaming that that sort of thing is going to be, um, you know, easy because it's all going to be about the, the, you know, quick strike and they're dead. And and she she wants to be, she wants to be a rogue with high charisma who secrets her way into places and has, is a master of disguise and right now she's apprenticing to somebody who just kicks down the door and murders everybody. Right, right. And she's got that, yeah, it's a, the fantasy of, you know, I only kill the bad people. Right? <laughs> and in this case, he doesn't kill them. I mean, you got you to gotta say that for him. He just bops yeah. the guy over the head and takes the silver and walks away. It doesn't kill him. That's, I guess he's growing. <laughs> <laughs> he's just a big puppy dog. Yeah, he really is. Afraid of fire and everything. Uh, we also checked in on Dragonstone, where not much is happening. Uh, the the Onion Knight continues to learn to read. That, yes, that's good to know. And he gets <laughs> and and it's heartwarming. Lit- literally, it's Stannis tells him, "I don't know, we're running out of time, and if I'm running out of time, you're running out of time." And then he said, "Well, that I I am working night and day on this. I am going to go read a book out loud with your daughter because I am doing personal growth right now. I realize we need an army." Personal growth, and then of course he gets this big idea, which is take write a write a note to the bank. We need some money. <laughs> write a note to the bank. Maybe we can borrow some money. And that's pretty much all that happens there. Um, although we do get to see probably my favorite set, which is Stennis's war room, because I absolutely love his giant table that's covered with all the terrain of Westeros, and he has little wooden army men all over it. Mm-hmm. You could play some great war games on that table. Yeah. If Stannis ever got into risk, he would be set. <laughs> That's Yeah. Although, I don't know. Right now, his position on the risk board, he would be pretty depressed. Yeah. Well, I think it says something about him that he's always had that table there. Yeah. No, he's, this is all part of... I guess it was the Targaryens before, because it's Dragonstone. Unless... I mean, I don't know if the... After the Rebellion, if it came with the furniture or not. <laughs> But this whole time, even before the show started, when Robert was king, his brother Stannis was at home looking at this table and thinking, well, I'm in this corner of it. How do I take this section over here? And he points to the whole rest of the map. Yeah. Could you do a strategy where Dragonstone is kind of like your Australia in risk? You know, you start from there and you build (laughs) outward. Maybe that's what he's planning. I assume so. Yeah, it's good strategy. All right. Is there anything else, or or have we covered it? This was a you know this was one of those episodes where we're we're advancing after the craziness of of the last episode and and getting things in place. Some nice character moments, some fun stuff. Um, I, not a lot I, more. 
I really worry that the show has so many separate locations and groups that there has to be a lot of checking in in every episode. You lose a lot of momentum when the, with, with their when you have to switch around so much. You, you just feel like you do have to do checking in and the story just when the story is starting to pick up steam you're you're like oh now we got to wait because that's right. it. We're out of time. Um I like that we saw you greet Straight up murder someone. Yeah, that kid's dad, like, arrow in the head from you greet. Like, just because she's pretty and has a catchphrase and seemed to like Jon Snow does not mean she's not here to murder people. Right. Right. And that's going to be a tough one because they're going to come for the, for the, for Castle Black and Jon Snow is going to have to deal with that. Yeah. But she's, yeah, she's in there and the, and the, those, uh, those thins are, they're still creepy. I'm going to eat your mommy and I'm going to eat your pop. Go run to Castle Black. Tell them. Tell your friends. Depends. <laughs> we're cannibals. Come on down. Hey, everybody. We're eating people. <laughs> Don't believe us? Try us. See what happens. Maybe we'll eat you. Ooh. <laughs> all right. I think that's good. I, I think that's all I got. I, I felt it, it was not as eventful an episode as last week. No, definitely. Well, how could it be? How could it be? But, they got plenty of characters. Yeah, kill. Maybe they should do a season where they just kill everybody. Like one one episode or one person per episode dies. Like guaranteed, somebody will die. Although then you're going to have it like everybody's going to be in all these situations of peril throughout the episode, and everybody's like, oh oh oh, this is going to be who it is. And then at the end, somebody will just like fall off a, a, a cliff accidentally. That sounds like something that could happen on this show. Yeah. <laughs> 